Our uh, text this morning is the second reading in Romans 8. Um, I would like to bring you uh, verses 9 and 10 again. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Now, this might be a little embarrassing for you, but I'm going to ask anyway. Uh, did you ever do anything when you were a kid, uh, or at least contemplate doing something that you were thinking in your head, Mom will kill me? Yeah, I, I, I know how that is because I've been there, and moms always seem to know. So... Uh, but did, but did she actually kill you? Well, apparently not because you're still sitting here. Uh, I, I guess you could probably go on the other side of this too. Uh, as many of you have cared for children over your years, and um, uh, I would imagine if you're any kind of realistic, they probably made you angry sometimes. So, like maybe you just, you know, did pass, maybe pass through your mind that you might strangle them or something. But uh, did any deaths occur in the family at that time? Well, I'm guessing since you're not sitting in jail somewhere, then that's probably not what happened either. Uh, one way or another, uh, children, if they're in the care of loving people, uh, generally tend to, to get, instead of strangulation or uh, summary hanging out the third story window or whatever you were thinking, uh, they tend to more get dis discipline and forgiveness in the long run. That's what love does. Now, uh, these, these poor Roman people <laughs> have been hearing things from Paul um, that must have felt like a little more heat than was necessary. Uh, you're not seeing it here in this text, but if you go back a bit, uh, he was really hammering them pretty good. Um, they, they hadn't met him yet, so they didn't know him uh, personally. He hadn't yet been to Rome. Um, but he was uh, hard on them. I guess that's the, the most civil word you could use for it. He was hard on them sometimes. And uh, lots of Jewish Christians were in Rome in that church for some while. Well, there were always a lot of uh, Jews in Rome, and uh, uh, the Jewish Christians were part of the church. They had come out of the synagogues and gone to be with the Christians. And uh, on the other hand, they still felt like they were uh, somewhat superior to the Gentile world because of the things that they'd received uh, in the Old Testament. They had the law of Moses, they had uh, uh, the circumcision, they had all of the word of God, the law and the prophets was theirs, etc., etc. And Christ himself was a Jew. So they held themselves up pretty high. On the other hand, when they were thinking like that, Paul gives them grief. Uh, if you go back to chapter 3, one of the things he does is runs through a litany of horror <laughs> 
you might say, uh, the top of the list is no one is righteous, not one. Okay, well, you know, whatever superiority you have, it ain't there because there's no one. Uh, and then there's uh, no one seeks God. No one. No. So you know, what happens is that pretty much ends any thought of superiority as you stand before God, Jew or Gentile alike. Uh, he said many other things to convince them that they were just sinners like anyone and they had no claim. Uh, and this was true for the Jews and the Gentiles both. He was very clear about that. Uh, it would be enough to make them all hide under a rock if they thought about that a little bit even. Now, you can hardly argue with Paul on this. It's just not really possible. Uh, the whole scriptures tell that story. Uh, we all know who and what we are if we are the least bit honest about ourselves. Uh, about what we're good for, you might say, in the kingdom of God. Uh, uh, there can be no argument about our sinfulness. If you are honest with yourself, you know that this is true. You've made uh, that confession today. If you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself. That's because you absolutely have it. There's no escaping it. No one is righteous before God, not one. Uh, if there's any question at all that you wanted to ask, I suppose, uh, you know, would be why Paul could talk about you having the Holy Spirit in you. That, that there's a serious mystery there. If you think about it a little bit, you, you know you should be condemned before God because of your sinfulness, not filled with the Holy Spirit. This is not a thing that we deserve because uh, we're anything but holy. So how can you even uh, overcome that great mystery that how could the Holy Spirit, which is God, be in you sinner? And yet he talks like that. You know you should be condemned, not filled with the Spirit. And, and, and uh, taking a look at life, you can hardly be seen to be, what would you say, living according to the spirit mindset, which is what he says you should be doing. Uh, we should be if the wages of sin is death, and there's, I mean, that's just for the one sin, and then there's how many after that. Uh, we should be long gone to the fires of hell, except you're not, you're here. It seems sort of obvious when uh, Paul says the, the mindset on the flesh is hostile to God because if you're insisting on being sinful, if that's what you want, you're not going to be happy about God telling you you shouldn't. Uh, and, and I think um, there have been times in your life when this means you. And when you look at yourselves, Seeing sinfulness is, is all that is really obvious and evident there. There's no problem claiming that's you looking in the mirror when you see sinfulness there. Well, no kidding. But the next thing we hear aimed at you from Paul, the next verse says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. 
That's what you say about believers. You know Jesus. You know and believe that he's your only salvation. That it is so that you have salvation. Uh, so hear this too. This is the first verse. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation for you. You did not make it so. You can't make it so because the flesh doesn't allow it to be so. But God did that. God did that. He, and he cannot do it wrong. So if you are in the spirit, then you're in the spirit the right way and nothing else could be possible. Christ died for you to forgive you, to save you. grant you life, life in Christ, which is immortality. That's what you become, life everlasting. You believe because the Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead, again, Paul talking, is the same one who lives in you. And as Christ was raised from death, so also you will be raised. That's his promise to you. You notice I did not say anything at all about what you do to deserve it. <laughs> That's not there. You sin, and that brings about not condemnation, but it brings about Christ dying for you, to forgive you, and to make you his own. I ask another hard question. Do you want to sin? And I suppose, knowing most of you, that the answer to that is no. You don't want to sin. But sometimes you do. But see, that's not your will talking. The one that doesn't want to sin, that's not your will. Uh, that's not the will of the flesh. It's the Holy Spirit that's in you that thinks that way. Christ is in you. The Spirit is in you. Your body of corruption no longer rules you. Something has changed. Sometimes you will choose to save, uh, rather to, uh, to serve your own will. That's what happens. Uh, the will of sin and death is that. But you're already forgiven in Christ's blood sacrifice. It's why he came. And it was a long time ago already that he did this for you. And, and, and along with that comes the, the repentance that the Spirit's will raises relentless in you. All the time it is there. So if, if you look at all of this, there really are two laws arguing for your will. Uh, Paul calls them, uh, first of all, the law of sin and death. That's your will. Your will does that. It sins and it dies. The other law is the law of the spirit of life. That's God's will. That's God's own spirit that lives in you, the one that makes you holy and alive. And not just alive in sin, which is death, but alive in holiness and life, eternal life. That's how he has made you his chosen children, his holy bride, and finally bound forever to his home, heaven. Looking to yourself to find holiness is not what Paul is saying here, clearly not. That's a lost cause. 
pretty convincingly because you're not going to find holiness in yourself if you look there. So it, we had the gradual today. It's one that you're familiar with somewhat that says fix your eyes on Jesus. Well, why look at Jesus? Well, because he is the, the originator and the one who perfects your faith. He is the one that makes you what you actually are now. He is the one that gives you your faith. There is your faith, and there is your confidence, and there is your holiness, and there is your eternity, and there is your heavenly home. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.